Hey, well, good morning, afternoon, evening. Uh, this is on a Tuesday. I hope that uh, you are having a wonderful week, and thank you for joining us for our journey through Scripture. Uh, my name is Philip Thomas. I'm pastor of Journey here in Elgin, Texas. Uh, we are going to be uh, looking at Genesis chapter 21 through 24 uh, today. So if you want to take a moment, go ahead and read through that. I'll warn you, Genesis chapter 24, I believe, is the longest chapter in the Bible. Um, and uh, so it, it has quite a few verses uh, there in Genesis chapter 24. So good luck with that. If you want to take a pause and, uh, and read those few chapters, you can. And then join us as we uh, hit some of the high points. So Genesis chapter 21 uh, is coming off We uh, last uh, week on last Thursday. Uh, we had gotten to the point where uh, Abraham had been uh, and Sarah had been promised that they were going to have Isaac. Remember, uh, they had already... Uh, Abraham had uh, had a son Ishmael with Hagar, but that wasn't what God wanted. So now God has uh, blessed Sarah and Abraham, and, uh, and Sarah is pregnant. And the beginning of chapter 21, Isaac is born. Isaac means laughter. And if you remember both Abraham and Sarah, uh, they both laughed because they were so old and they couldn't imagine how they were going to have kids, but God knew better. And so now we have Isaac being born. Chapter 21 jumps right in, talks about Isaac being born. Uh, then it, <laughs> you have Hagar and Ishmael that are brought up again. And what happens, if you remember, Sarah had already kind of gotten very jealous with Hagar. Um, and now she, it happens again. So now Sarah has her own child. So she just gets really frustrated at Hagar and Ishmael. You understand why that could happen. She wants to get rid of them. Abraham doesn't really want to do that, uh, but does and sends them on their way. You kind of have the same thing that happens because God has promised uh, Abraham that he's going to take care of them. And the, they get go out into the wilderness. Um, Hagar gets to the point. She actually puts Ishmael down thinking that they're going to die. Uh, but God, again, reassures them, no, you're going to be okay. Uh, he reveals to them that there's a well, uh, they, they end up surviving, and Ishmael becomes a great nation. Um, there's a, a good point in all of this is that God doesn't just care about his chosen Jewish people, right? That's an important aspect. Yes, they are the chosen people. They are uh, special to God in that way, but God's desire is that it's through that people group that everyone comes to know him because he loves everyone. And we see that with his, his love and his uh, protection extended to Hagar and Ishmael. Uh, then we see another covenant with Abimelech. Uh, interestingly, you see Abimelech, that's a family name. It's probably not the same person every time, uh, but they've had kind of a up and down relationship, uh, Abraham and Abimelech. Uh, but one thing that was, that was interesting in this in verse 22 uh, Abimelech uh, says this to Abraham, says, God is with you in all that you do. Now, there, therefore, swear to me that you will not deal falsely with me. It's interesting that Abimelech is recognizing there's something different about this God. There's something different about this people group. Because remember, Abraham, they, they're formidable, but they're not a huge nation or anything like that. Uh, but Abimelech is recognizing, man, there's something about this group of people. And, and he, whether he 
trusts in that God or believes in that God. There's no evidence of that. But he's recognizing, wow, there's something about this God. It, you know, maybe that speaks to us that, uh, that we need to be living in a way uh, where people say, wow, there's something about that God that that guy talks about, that that girl talks about. Right? We need to be living in a way where others will see God through us. So that brings us to chapter 22. I want to spend a little bit of time on chapter 22. This is one of the most difficult chapters in the Bible. Uh, it is the chapter where uh, God asks Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. And one of the reasons this is such a difficult chapter is because we have no ability to critically think anymore. <laughs> that's, that's definitely way too much. But what we do is we look at that and we just think, Child sacrifice, that's horrific. How could anyone even use that as an example to make a point about anything? Uh, child sacrifice is just the most abhorrent thing we've ever heard of. And guess what? I'm glad I live in a time in history where that is what we think. The reality was is that child sacrifice has been a common thing. That has happened throughout history. And there is evidence that it happened here in this time period. Um, and it is important to understand that, that culturally, this would not, Abraham, <laughs> this is hard for us to wrap our minds around. When God called Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, he wouldn't have gone like, what? I, I, how could you ever ask me to do that? I've never heard of such a thing, right? That's how I would react. Abraham wouldn't have reacted that way. Why? Because he probably have seen that in action. He has seen how other religions had sacrificed humans to God. Right? And so now that this God that he has been following asked him to make that sacrifice, he probably would have been a little confused by it, but he wouldn't have been shocked. Right? And, and it's, it's interesting to see, and it's important that as you read this, to know that from the very beginning, God acknowledges this is a test. So God was never going to let this be fulfilled, right? This was a test of Abraham's faith. This was not something that God was going to do or that he was going to fulfill. And that's vital for us understanding uh, this, that God in no way was condoning this. In fact, the purpose of this is God making sure that Abraham knew and that through Abraham that we know that child sacrifice is abhorrent, that it is horrendous, and that God completely goes against that. Which, by the way, again, for us, that seems like common sense. Back then, this was the only deity, this is the only book that specifically preached against that, that taught against child sacrifice. Right? And so you have Abraham, he hears this, and he starts to fulfill. And basically, God is asking him, Abraham, are you willing to sacrifice for me what other people sacrifice to false gods? <laughs> are you willing to sacrifice that? And, uh, and Abraham, he does. He's willing to go through with it. Now, you, there's things you can tell that Abraham is hoping that God is going to provide another way. But he is going to go through and be faithful to God. And so he, he goes through this whole process, and you can imagine, I mean, just imagine the, 
I mean, what did he tell Sarah? <laughs> you know, hey, we're just going on a hunting trip. You know, did he leave? <laughs> that, that would be an awkward conversation. Um, you know, what does he tell Isaac? Well, he tells Isaac because Isaac starts to figure this out. Isaac clearly is old enough to be able to, to help uh, carry things up the mountain. And so he's, uh, Isaac is obviously uh, starting to figure out something's going on. He asks, well, what, what are we going to use uh, for the sacrifice? And that's when Abraham says, well, God is going to provide that. Um, so you have all of these dynamics that are at play. Uh, and of course, what happens at the end is that God tells Abraham, do not sacrifice. Do not sacrifice Isaac. Um, he provides a ram. Uh, and then he re-emphasizes the blessings uh, that he has already promised uh, Abraham. One thing that's interesting is before uh, he had promised uh, Abraham that he would have descendants as numerous as in, in the stars in the sky, and he does that again. But he also adds, this is kind of interesting, he adds uh, the grains of sand on the sea, which actually would have been more meaningful to Abraham. Because at that point, they obviously didn't know there was a full universe. So they could see and count the stars, right? There were still a lot of them, but they could count the stars. You couldn't count the grains of sand on the beach, right? And so in, in a sense, uh, Abraham is probably more impressed uh, with, with this of, of how large his descendants are going to, going to be. But, you know, as I think about this uh, story, again, it, it is awkward, it's it's challenge, but understand the point of it was actually to speak and to teach against child sacrifice. And it was also talks about the importance of faith and willing to sacrifice for our faith. Are we willing to sacrifice for our faith? And one of the things that I think about, especially as a, as a Christian, um, you know, one of the selling points, if you will, of being a Christian many times is that, uh, well, if you believe in Jesus and you repent of your sins and ask for forgiveness, then you will be able to live forever. So that's, that's the promise. That's the, in some ways, the payout, right? Um, well, you can, connecting that with this story, I think this is important, and please hear me what I'm saying. God was asking Abraham, will you follow me even if there is no payout, <laughs> even if the blessing uh, doesn't come. Because in Abraham's mind, the whole thing that God has been promising is that there would be a people that would flow from Abraham. Well, the only way that happens is for Abraham to have a son and for the people to, to start. So if Abraham sacrifices Isaac, he's basically sacrificing that blessing that had been promised to him. So God is finding out, Abraham, are you following me just because of the blessing you're going to get? Or are you following me because you believe in me and that I am God and that you are going to be faithful no matter what? And I think that's important for us to look at in our life. Why do we follow God? Do we follow God uh, just for the, the payoff at the end? Or do we follow God because he has invited us into a relationship with him and that we're going to put our trust in him no matter what that blessing looks like? I just encourage you to kind of think about that of why do you follow God? Uh, And are you willing to sacrifice for him 
And that, that's a tough one. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of times we say that we are, but are we truly re- willing to sacrifice in our relationship with God? Uh, that's something we need to be thinking about. So we see that. Uh, we see this unbelievable statement of faith uh, by Abraham, um, and, and things start to, to move quickly from here. Uh, the story uh, kind of continues. You start to see uh, the family line that is, is continuing on. Uh, then we get in uh, cha- chapter 23, we get to Sarah's death and burial, um, and where uh, Abraham actually purchases the land because he didn't, doesn't want it to be given to him. He wants to, to purchase the land. Uh, and he goes through this kind of bargaining uh, with the people there, but he buries Sarah. Uh, and then it's, uh, it's time for Isaac to find a bride. And, and just as it was important uh, uh, for uh, Abraham to, to find uh, a wife so that the covenant could be completed. Obviously, Isaac does needs to as well. And they do not want Isaac to marry a, uh, a person that's from Canaan. They want it to be someone within the family line. Um, and so they send their servants back uh, uh, towards where Abraham uh, grew up. And the servant, it's really interesting because he's going and, and he, he really throws out a test to God. He comes up to a well and he, he says, uh, the first maiden who comes up uh, and uh, offers to, to water, get water for me, but then also uh, our animals as well. That's who, who I, I want to pick. And, and he's obviously, this is a huge ask of him. He's responsible for finding the wife for Isaac. And what's interesting about this is what he's looking for is he's looking for a good person a kind person. And so Rebecca is that person, and, and she is within the, the family line, and she comes up, and she is very generous. And that, that teaches us something important about our looking for a spouse. Um, the most important thing is, are they a good person? Are they kind? You know, are they willing to help other people? Right? What, it goes to, goes to their character. Um, there's all other all kinds of other factors, and we know that Rebecca is also uh, attractive. That's, that is part of, of that. That's a human condition thing um, that we recognize. But at the heart of it, the most important is, are you a good person? Uh, and Rebecca showed that. And uh, they go through this, this whole uh, <laughs> back and forth, uh, because here you are, you're trying to take Rebecca Halfway across uh, the desert, and her family's a little hesitant towards that. One thing that that I loved, and there's just certain things that are probably good uh, that culturally they have changed. Uh, One of those is that they gave Rebecca a golden nose ring weighing half a shekel. (laughs) Kind of, uh, and and that's part of the, the dowry in a sense. Um, but you know, probably the first thing you should give your potential, uh, fiance is not a gold ring, uh, nose ring weighing half a shekel. Uh, but if you have one, Hey, it may, may work. And so we have, uh, this interesting, uh, interaction between, uh, the servant and Rebecca and Rebecca's family. Um, they give Rebecca the option. Do you want to stay here for a little bit or, Let's go ahead and go, and she's willing to go ahead and, and go. And the chapter ends in a very interesting way. Uh, they, 
uh, are coming back and, and Isaac is in the field. They see Isaac. Um, and the very last uh, verse, um, uh, well, not, not, not the, the very last, but, but uh, right there, uh, verse 67 says, Then Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent. He took Rebekah and she became his wife and he loved her. This is interesting. This is the, the first connection that we have uh, where it specifically says he loves her, that a husband and a wife, that they loved each other. And that's important because remember during this time there were a lot of just arranged marriages, things like that. Uh, this, the longest chapter in the Bible is talking about this important dynamic between a husband and a wife, the love that they have for each other, the, the importance of each one being a good person. Um, there's, there's a lot that we can learn from that. And, uh, and so we have now Isaac and Rebekah. That family has now come together, uh, which is going to set up the continued spread of the descendants of Abraham, the continued spread of God's covenant. Uh, next week, or n- not next week, on Thursday, uh, we'll be looking at chapters 25 through 28. So I encourage you to read chapters 25 through 28 as we look at uh, Isaac and Rebekah's family uh, and some of the, the interesting things that happen with them. So we'll see you on Thursday.